sage and fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the Radio Free Network.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. Man, I'm sick. I'm sick, I tell you. <laughs> you know, uh, all these years I've been wearing a mask, and now I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not wearing a mask anymore. I, man, while I was wearing a mask, I made these big declarations. I said, I'm going to wear a mask the rest of my life. I love a mask. I don't have to worry about nose hair. I'm a mouth breather. I don't have to look like I'm stupid. I just, you know, I, uh, masks are the greatest. They're the greatest. And then the first thing CDC is like, do whatever you want. I'm like, I'm done with masks. I want people to see my face. I want people to see I'm smiling and happy and, you know, I want to get my humanity back. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I got my humanity back in the form of some sort of crazy virus. It's all in my throat and my nose. Did you know this? I got sucker punched. Here, you want to feel sorry for me? Here you go. You're going to feel sorry for me. Here you go. You ready? (laughs) I was at a bonfire at Medina Junior High. We had junior high back then. It's, I think, middle school now. Medina Junior High. I was there with my friend Sean Cavanaugh. And we were there at this cool bonfire. Do they have bonfires anymore? It was very nice. I'm just hanging. Me and my friend Sean Cavanaugh. This guy taps me on my shoulder. I turn around and wham! Right in the nose. Blood everywhere. My glasses fell off, but I did not fall down. And Sean Cavanaugh was duly impressed because he's like, man, that dude totally got you and you didn't fall down. But I didn't know what to do. I'd never been hit before. I'd never been in a fight. I didn't know. I couldn't see. I can't, you know, my glasses were knocked off. I couldn't see. There's blood everywhere. And so I just let it go. This guy hit me because my mom... Oh, me suspension monitor at the high school. And he didn't like my mom. <laughs> it's like a freaking terrorist. There's more to the story that was unfortunate. Uh, but anyways, doesn't matter. Um, but the whole point of the story is my nose was broken. Okay. And it's crooked. Okay. You can see it crooked. And so my sinuses are all jacked up. Sins of thy mother. I know. I know. Exactly. Well, she was a single mom, and she missed getting her teacher's degree from Ohio State by a semester. Never thought she was going to be divorced. That was her whole thing. She's like, I never thought I'd be divorced. And... um, So she was divorced. She worked. uh, First thing she did was she sold printing at Minuteman Press door to door out of her car from business to business for like three dollars, three fifteen an hour because that was what minimum wage was. But then she got into the schools and um, became the suspension monitor and was that for a long, long time. And most kids liked her. In fact, There's an African-American man about my age, uh, trans short, who comes on this show every once in a while and speaks very highly of my mom, said that uh, one time he she picked him up. He was at the junior high and was running late for high school and she picked him up and took him to the high school. And uh, most people liked my mom. But um, this kid, I don't know why, didn't like my mom, but. My whole point is, now I get sinus infections. 
Okay, that's what legacy is. That guy sucker punched me when I was like 14 or something. And to this day, she was a good woman. My mom was a good woman. Um, I'm going to say that my mom uh, probably had nothing to do with your mom. It's probably true. I, I mean, I, I mean, that was what he claimed. He said that he didn't like my mom and that's why he hit me. But um, I'm going to say this. It could be kind of controversial. I don't think my mom was strategically a great mom. Like, I don't know. Okay, let me give you an example. He was angry and wanted to hit someone. That's true, homie. You're right. I, when my parents got divorced... I started had breathing problems and uh, my mom took me to the doctor and the doctor said, look, it's very common when, uh, in divorces, kids um, develop asthma. And my mom stood up and said, my son does not have asthma and walked out. <laughs> I also lived with a single mom who smoked all the time and I had bronchitis every year. So, like, it's like stuff like that. But what I want you to know is this. My mom loved me more than anyone deserves to be loved. I mean, that's maybe didn't. I don't know if I should say it that way. But, like, she loved me so much. Like, so much. Dedicated her existence for me. She got that high school job as the... um suspension monitor so she could be home with me there were times though she worked three different jobs she would uh work at the school she would uh do retail there was a retail store called carlisle's she worked at and then she sold tickets at sporting events at the high school um he says you know how many moms will take kids to the hospital for breathing problems and be so sweet and caring and sit there and smoke a cigarette while giving them breathing treatment yeah that was mine like, A, my mom was like, no, he doesn't have asthma. So meaning I couldn't get like any kind of treatment. I couldn't get like, you know, like an inhaler or anything like that. And then just smoked all the time. And literally every year I got bronchitis. Every year. Every year. And it was just like that. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying my mom was dumb. I'm not trying to suggest that. Um. But she wasn't savvy in the ways of, like, parenting, you know? Um, I kind of raised myself. I mean, does that make sense? Like, she, she um, loved me so much. But, you know, I had no curfew. I could do whatever I wanted. And... She oftentimes said, she was like, look, I just always felt like you were more advanced than me, and I didn't know how to parent you. <laughs> and I will say, when my parents got divorced, I ran, I was the man of the house, literally. I mean, I wrapped all the Christmas presents that year, including my own, because my mom didn't have it in her. That was like who I was, you know? Uh, Omi says, good people do bad things and bad people do good things. Yeah, this is the new thought I've been chewing on lately. Isn't that, that's a that's pro, that's right. That's profoundly important. Logic and recognizing the obvious have always been difficult for average humans. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. We are much more able to imagine fantasy things than logical things. Like, um you know, gods, like we can imagine gods so easily, but global warming statistics, you're like, what? what, really? I don't know. Global warming. Is it even real? You know, it's, we're like that. We're like, oh, I believe in aliens, but global warming masks, mask mandates. I don't know. Yeah, and there it is. Fantasy, she said, Omi says, I prefer fantasy, honestly. And I got to say, I, I attribute the fantasy thinking, the magical thinking, as my wife calls it, 
I don't know if somebody else called it that, but I've only heard it from her, so I attribute it to her. Um, to everything good and bad that we've created, you know, like, like, you know, we're like, we're going to go to the moon. You're like, really? The moon? Oh yeah. We're going to the moon. We're going to land on it. We're going to fly back up and come back home. Everything will be cool. And we did it. You know, we're going to land a, a rocket on a, on an asteroid. Really? Yep. Yep. We're going to do that. Ignorance really is bliss. And I wish I was ignorant often says Omi. Yeah. Biden lives in a fantasy world. Ah, okay. I'll, I'll bite. Tell me why that Kevin, I would like to know. Um, I want to show you uh, this a little bit from this skit, Saturday Night Live. Restaurant with my favorite people. Honey, I agree 100%. You know what? This is so fun. Dinner is on us. <laughs> Did you guys watch this? Oh, uh, wow. But um, Keith, you know you can take your mask off at the table. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know I'm wearing it half the time. Well, I heard the CDC is going to lift all mask mandates soon. Oh, yeah, I know. It's so weird. It's it's like COVID's not over, but it's just going to stop. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Oh, you know. Oh, Kevin says, well, Corn Pop, please reveal himself. Um, I don't know who that is. Please tell me. Um, oh, is that Olivier Olive- Banks? Hi. It's chosen cognitive dissonance. Avoiding reality creates the current world tribulations and discombobulations. Wow. Great use of the word discom- uh, discombobulations. Is it Olivier? So, anybody with the name like Olivier uh, is definitely going to be using a word like discombobulations. I don't usually watch this either, but my wife was watching it uh, in... Yeah, on YouTube, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's funny. That reminds me of this article I read. Oh, honey, where... no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> well, it was in Bloomberg, and I thought it was interesting. What, uh, what article? Well, it... Honey. <laughs> it was just saying how mask mandates had, I don't know, little to no effect on COVID. Oh, it's Olivier? Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, so she's like read a Bloomberg article that said mask mandates had little to no effect on COVID. I'm sorry. It's not like I'm anti-mask or anything. I just sometimes wonder if any of the things we did actually helped. Gina. No, no, no. We can talk about this incredibly complicated and emotional topic. Yes, yes, of course. I will start Hmm. because, um, for instance, while I am so personally relieved that I'm vaccinated. Careful. I I sometimes wonder if, um, if other people who are hesitant, careful, (laughs) might not have like a valid what <laughs> not valid but but understandable not tonight and it's like that so at any rate um i watched again because you know russia i watched that chernobyl um uh, mini series on Netflix. If you have Netflix and you haven't watched Chernobyl, I highly recommend it. But it it gets to this point, I think, which is governments lie, which is what you guys were saying here. Actually, um, you didn't like the mini series, Omi. Oh, okay. Um, so like Olivier's? No, no. So Kevin says Biden lives in a fantasy world. And then Omi says all pol- politicians do, which is right, right? Um, but Omi says, I watched this documentary called Hillbilly on Hulu, and I thought you'd like it. Okay, I will definitely watch a documentary about hillbillies. Um, the essence, I'm going to, because it's been out for so long, I'm going to give you the um Spoiler, Chernobyl exploded because it was, they built it cheaply. They could have, um, oh, it was about how 
Trump won Appalachia. Ooh, very interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely would like to hear that. So the like. Basically, they they cut corners on safety because it was cheaper and they were like, that's those I those things are never going to happen. We don't need to worry about all that safety because those things are never going to happen. The same with that nuclear reactor meltdown. I, remember the one, was it in Japan or whatever? There was an earthquake and a like tsunami or something all at once. And they were like, that will never happen, so we don't need to worry about that. And then Omi, so you did watch the thing, obviously. Even though they built it cheaply, they also ignored signs that were going wrong and uh, to stuff their pockets. Yes, to stuff their pockets. And to cover up. Something between, the estimates are that between 4,000 and 90,000 people, I think they said, died because of Chernobyl. But to this day... Russia's public stance is 31 people died. 31 people died. (coughs) And the thing about it is, is that all governments are like this. Like here, this article, this is a New York Times article, can the CDC be fixed? Uh, This was June of 2021. But what you need to understand is that the CDC is as much a political organization as it is a medical organization. So... You can't trust the CDC. Because they have an agenda. Uh, Omi says, have you ever looked at the map of all the nuclear plants in the U.S.? No, I I have. I mean, nuclear plants or nuclear weapons. I've seen kind of maps like that. If you have a link, I'd love to look at it for sure. Um, (coughs) And this is what I believe people are talking about when they're like, we want to make America great again. Do we have a lot more uh, nuclear plants than you realized? Yeah, I I don't know, honestly. I should look it up. But, like, I think when people are talking about let's make America great again, they're saying let's m- go back to the time where we didn't have to talk about all this stuff. Where we didn't have to... deal with reality all the time when we could live in our fantasy worlds our beaver the cleaver fantasy worlds and think that everything was okay now you are insane if you think everything is okay olivier olivier says uh What did Olivier say? Another problem in today's world is that we don't have to worry about the wolves in sheep clothing because the sheep are donning wolves clothing. Yes, and suspending realities. Wow. To gaslight the world into believing narratives that contradict obviously and regularly. The paradigm shift occurring as technology. Jeez, Olivier is like so smart. Okay, hold on. Okay. The paradigm shifts occurring as technology grows have been moving quickly and obscenely. It's becoming landmine people versus smartphoneers, and then there's Generation X and the pivoting transition generation between the industrial age and the techno age. Yeah, um, I don't know what code switching is, uh, Omi. What is that? So, Olivier is. Pointing that out. Ooh, can I open this in a new tab? Oh, hey now. Let's see this. Okay. Okay, this is cooler. Look at this. Look what I can do here. Can you read that? 
So, okay. So here. Oh, wow. I've just I've just rocked my world. Okay. Um Yeah. So this is what Olivier said. Another problem in today's world that we don't have to worry about the wolves in sheep clothing because all the sheep are donning wolf's clothing and suspending reality to gaslight the world into believing narratives that contradict obviously and regularly. So Olivier is saying something really important and complicated. (laughs) And... That's the problem, is that, ah, and then Trenton comes in and says this, some people prefer to walk around with blinders on so they don't have to face the reality of what we as humans are doing to each other. Absolutely they do. Absolutely they do. And the reason is, is because all of this is exhausting. Omi says, I would love to have those blinders. It's like in the movie The Matrix when Cypher wants to be plugged back into The Matrix. Because... He is tired of looking at the truth. Because the truth is a can of worms that is so much bigger. Like you 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 think that it's just this size, but in reality it's massive. And then you have to just keep digging and digging and digging, and you're just getting more and more frustrated. But If we don't get to the bottom of it, the problems will never be fixed. Omi says, it benefits my life none at all to be aware of what's going on. It just stresses me out and causes me to lose sleep and have stomach issues. That's right. Because you're looking at your, I mean, how much influence do you have over this stuff? Um, and Olivier said, or Omi said, I, you know, I would love to have those blinders. And then Olivier says that's, oh, and then, wait, yeah, prefer to people, some people prefer, so Trenton says some people prefer to walk around with blinders on so they don't have to face reality. And Olivier says that's called cognitive dissonance. So, I think Omi is suggesting something that a lot of people are feeling. And, wow, you guys are so amazing. Because, look, Omi just says this. Me, as an individual person, I have almost no influence. Because then you're like, well, what can I do? What can I do? And that's maybe where I disagree with Omi. Because the fact of the matter is, if you are living as a normal human being with friends and relatives and relationships and kids, may I say, you have significant influence. Because what you say, specifically to your kids, in particular your kids, what you say to your kids has powerful ramifications. So if, (laughs) Homie says, you're assuming I have friends. I have a friend and as for kids, I want to let them make up their own minds. Right. But we, this, so Omi says something so 
profoundly, again, important. Okay, and then I want to get back to Olivier. Um, you're assuming I have friends and that I want to make up their own minds. Well, that's assuming that we all live in a vacuum where we all make up our own minds on our own. And you, Omi, know that that's not true. You know that's not true. <laughs> um, and then Olivier says, oof, don't get me started on what the mother of my child is doing. Yeah. Um, Olivier, look at this. Look at this. Olivier, Olivier said, well, I just showered at the Salvation Army and now my hair is frozen from standing on the Toprath Bridge over the road to nowhere and tuning in here, heading to the library, warming up and working on ideas to help us home. Okay, Olivier is homeless. As you read Olivier's comments, did you think... Olivier had just gotten out of the shower at the Salvation of Army, and now her hair is frozen because they live outside. I believe that we have a moral obligation to look at the truth and look for the truth for Olivier. Because Olivier Okay, I don't know if Olivier is still here, but Omi says, um, you know, I, so, the, okay. Omi says, I w I'm not trying to be rude. It makes me want to ask you, how did you end up homeless and why are you still homeless? Okay, I don't know if Olivier wants to answer that question, but I think it's a fair question. And that, honestly, is the kind of questions we need to ask. Now, we have to ask them, Honestly, and I think Omi is. Uh, Omi is incredibly enlightened, incredibly intelligent. <clears throat> but I think some people ask these questions as rhetorical questions. So what did you do wrong? How did you screw up? And I'm not saying Omi's saying this, but I'm saying that a lot of people do say this. How did you screw up that you ended up homeless? Are you a drug addict? It's probably what it is. You're a drug addict. <laughs> And heaven forbid you admit that you use drugs because, and Omi actually wouldn't care. Uh, I know, I know, you're not, I'm not trying to be rude. It makes you, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, you seriously want to know. I know, and we need to know. We need to know the answer to this question. Why is Olivier homeless? Because if we understand the question, Olivier maybe uh, had to leave. But if we understand the question, or understand the answers to that question, it helps take us to the next level. I didn't assume drugs, honestly. I was going to assume some accident resulted in loss of income without safeguards. Of course you were, because you are awesome. Um, I would be surprised if drugs weren't involved. I don't know Olivier. I don't think I know Olivier. So I'm not saying that Olivier is using drugs. But what I am saying is most of my friends who are living outdoors in a tent are using drugs. And one of the reasons they're using drugs, particularly meth, is because it creates a euphoria. You suddenly, um, ah, this is wonderful. Thank you, Olivier, for writing. Um, meth takes away being tired T meth takes away being hungry. Meth takes away being cold. So the question is, becomes instead of why are you using meth, the real question is why aren't you using meth? <coughs> Olivier writes, the mother of my child is a psychopath. She groomed me to abuse me or set me up. The mother of my child. The mother, okay. 
So Olivia, you're a man. Okay. She, uh, she had a child knowing it was the only possible thing she could do to control me and hurt me. 46 year old, never been a drinker. Extremely casually have I drank. I've never had any habit with drugs. THC helps with mental issues I have due to head trauma. There you go. Um, Olivier says my situation is extremely complicated. The mother of my child legitimately tried to murder me on or around 15 occasions. So I think getting the amazing opportunity to hear Olivier's story helps us all. Now, does it hurt to hear the story? Is it complicated? Is it stressful? Does it make your stomach hurt? Yes, 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 yes. But if we don't <coughs> take the time to listen to Olivier and want and get the opportunity, this wonderful opportunity to, for Olivier to be here with their hair frozen on the towpath after taking a shower at the Salvation Army, We are failing Olivier. Because the fact of the matter is, we are all benefiting from a society that ignores the truth, ignores that Olivier is living shelterless <coughs> that ignores the methane put into the air by all the cattle that we raise that ignores water being siphoned off by Nestle that ignores iPhones and then sells it back to you <laughs> that ignores brutal work conditions in China so that we can get phones and shoes. We are responsible. <coughs> ah, crap. <coughs> ah, hold on. I'm going to use a halls. Been using these. I don't think they work at all. Is that anti-science to say I think halls are bullcrap. I haven't forgotten your trauma question, Omi. <clears throat> I just want to... Um, Olivier says, broke my jaw a few months ago sheltering. I'm an in an underground parking deck. Woke up to relieve myself in the middle of the night, got dizzy while pissing, and tried to take make it back to my bedroll and passed out halfway there and fell onto my chin and shattered my jaw and a lot of teeth. All right. Living outside <clears throat> How long do homeless people typically live? The average age of death of a homeless male was 56 years old, which is 10 years less than, wait, 10, I don't know what SD. The average lifespan of a homeless person was about 17.5 years shorter than for the general population, okay? The reason is because of things like Olivier is describing. Yes, Omi, it's 15 years. Um, okay. All right, Olivia, get, go go somewhere and get warm. Olivia says, I really need to go get warm and thaw. I have two YouTube channels. Both can be found searching Damas TV. Okay. Thank you. Damas TV and Sober Truth because I don't drink or drug. 
I take life and re- reality soberly. Wow. I was meaning 15 years after becoming homeless. I don't know. I, I don't know how they come up with that statistic exactly, Omi. It's a good question. Thank you for being here, uh, Olivier, and thank you for sharing. Uh, <laughs> Olivier says, the content is mm, right now as I work through my stresses of being homeless and custody battling. Thank you for putting out the content, Olivier, and thank you, and I'm sorry that you have to go through all of this. Um, I'm so sorry. I don't believe that we can have the luxury of choosing to not look at the problems of the world. Now, Emery. Hi, Emery. Emery's here. Good morning to you. Um, Now, I'm not saying we have to drown ourselves in it. We have to know when to be able to step back because Omi was saying this stuff stresses her out and gives her a stomachache. At that point, you gotta you gotta get out. I have people a lot of times tell me they're like Sage. So this homeless person is asking me for, for something. I just can't do it. And I always tell them it is okay to say you can't help right now. Always. I got that from uh, being a lifeguard. When you're a lifeguard, uh, they let you know if somebody's trying to drown you while you're trying to save them, which is very common. Punch them and get them away from you because you'll both drown. Omi says, some people are electively choosing to ignore it. They are so bubbled or sheltered they don't recognize it. Right. And I sort of feel like we're seeing this a little bit in the conservative circles. Um, they call it, what are they calling it? I mean, they're using a, Critical race theory. They don't even know what it means. Nobody knows what it means. It doesn't even mean what it means. They don't want to talk about racism in America. And honestly, it's not their topic. When you look at why people voted for Donald Trump, it, those people aren't interested in race. They're interested in economics and other things. You're not, you're a great texter. Omi. Omi says she's the worst texter. No, she's great. Um, I, I, I actually appreciate these conversations that conservatives have about this because, um, yeah, and, and, and look what um, Emery's saying. Ohio currently has an anti-critical race theory and anti-LGBTQ uh, bill being heard in committee today. I did not know that was today. Um, they don't want to talk about it. They don't. It doesn't affect them. I will watch Hillbilly, Omi. I swear I will. Thank you for the tip on Hulu. I will definitely check it out. Um, they don't want to subject their kids to this because they feel like uh, it's making their kids feel guilty for being white, which I can understand. Um, They don't think it has a place in the schools. (sighs) I can definitely understand where they're coming from. But what I'm here to tell you is when we don't talk about these things, they become invisible. Okay? And when they become invisible, people start getting hurt based on things like their gender and their color of their skin. Ah. Omi brings up a good point. She says, I feel like it's like sex and drugs. If you don't teach your kids about it, someone else will. And you want to control the narrative. Um, yeah. It becomes something the kids talk about in secret and spread misinformation. 
like, let's take Hudson, Ohio, for example. Um, ooh, Emery. Oh, great. These comments are just so awesome. As a trans kid growing up in a world that was extremely anti-LGBT, I could have used those conversations. Right. <clears throat> so the problem, I think, with diversity, equity, and inclusion is that somebody's going to be made uncomfortable. Okay? <laughs> and Omi comes back after Emery and says, as a straight white woman, I could have used those conversations. Me too. Um, my wife prefers to watch comedy specials and the British Bake Show. Okay? You know why? Because, like, shows, and she did watch uh, um, Chernobyl and really enjoyed it. But they really affect her emotionally. Okay? They, they stress her out. She doesn't like the long arc of it. She doesn't like, she likes everything to be kind of one show and done. One and done. She'll watch a movie. She doesn't like watching dramas. She'll watch an action movie or something like that. Hates it when kids are hurt, dogs are hurt, you know, doesn't want that kind of stuff because it really emotionally affects her. And so I think that a lot of people probably feel that way about all these difficult topics, sex, drugs, race, gender, homelessness, the Uyghurs in China, it just keeps going and going, you know, Syria. Now, we seem to be loving the Ukraine story. We're all about pro-Ukraine, which I don't know. It's fine, I guess. Uh, the, the, you know, isn't that interesting, right? Like, um, a lot of people are pro Ukraine, but they don't, you know, we haven't, when was the last time we talked about the border? Are there, I would imagine there's still people on our border, right? Immigrants on our border. Did what did they just leave? So I haven't heard about them in months. Omi says, and not that they made you feel uncomfortable because of who they are, but because I didn't know what I would say that would be offensive. I never want to offend anyone intentionally outside of trolling, <laughs> except when you're trolling. <laughs> you're so funny, Omi. Um, and I have other friends that are white straights that grew up around nothing but other white straights, and we've gone out into the world, and it's not all white straights, and we don't know how to interact in a healthy way, and we are navigating this on our own. I love this about homelessness because it is not um, politically incorrect to say terrible things about a homeless person. Anybody can go on Facebook and um, not be shunned for saying all homeless people are drug addicted losers. That's not politically incorrect to say. They're like, oh, well, you know, maybe not all of them. <laughs> But, you know, say uh, all black people like watermelon and menthol cigarettes and you're going to get your face punched. <laughs> you know? So they are pro you. And may I just say for the record, I have done the study. Um, white people smoke as many menthol cigarettes as uh, black people and black people smoke as many regular cigarettes as menthol and most black people, most people in general don't like watermelon. It's one of the lesser fruits. <laughs> so I just want you to be clear. I have done my research. Um, uh, Emery says they're pro-Ukraine because they've been indoctrinated. <laughs> yeah, see? See, these are things that we need. This is, I honest to God believe that we need to say things like this. All hillbillies have sex with their sisters and drink moonshine. Let's go with that one. Let's focus on that one because, uh, you know, um, suggest a grape flavored vape to a black person and the air is sucked out of the room. <laughs> yeah, so look, 
if you grew up all in in a mostly white, mostly straight world, okay, <clears throat> I like to shed light on my ignorance. I was talking years ago to um, a, uh, I think she's bisexual now. She was dating a woman at the time, and now she's married to a man. I was talking to her, and I said, well, you know, all, you know, I was, oh, I know what we were saying. We were talking about, like, gay people moving into neighborhoods. And I'm like, hey, man, who's against gay people moving into a neighborhood? They're all so neat. And she's like, they're all so neat. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I have a gay guy that lives down the street, and his house is so great. They're like, I know some of the biggest slobs I have ever met are homeless gay men. And she's like, look at that guy. She's like, and she started naming him. And I'm like, and you see, that's a, that's one of those things that I, I just didn't even think about. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Omi says, I thought gay people moving in was the first sign of gentrification. <laughs> Unless they're homeless and gay, which incidentally is quite a thing. Look at some of my mess. Yep, can confirm. We're not all neat. There you go. See? Thank you. So, I believe that most people are not intentionally trying to be hateful. Okay. But now some people don't want to learn. There's definitely that. Like older people, you know, older people that hate black people. They're just, they're not going to ever get out of that. And the fact of the matter is I've known old people that hate black people, but then they'll have wonderful conversations with black people. I've seen them do it. And then they'll say, oh, well, that guy, like, here we go. You want to hear some really racist shit that I've heard white people say? Like, oh, well, that, that black guy's an Oreo. He's black on the outside and white on the inside. Can you believe I just said that? But I've heard it. Meaning, what he's saying is, he's actually saying a compliment, which is completely shocking and offensive. Ah, Olivier is warming up and plugged in at the library. Thank God for the library. Thank God. Thank you for being here, Olivier. I'm so glad you're back. So... With this older person that I'm thinking about that I've had this conversation with, you know, like, I can see him wrestling with his innate hatred of black people and the fact that he knows good black people. And in fact, he'll even say something like, <clears throat> he'll be like, look, it's 98%, 90, he'll even say this, and I'm telling you, this guy's a racist. He'll say 98% of black people are good. It's just the 2% that uh, mess it up for everybody. And I'm like, well, that's pretty enlightened. And I believe he believes it. But he can't get out of that narrative of hating black people. I've seen him. I've seen him watch TV um, just yelling the N-word at the TV. I've seen him do it. Okay, you're getting your lashes done today and tanning? Ah, good for you, Omi. That sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. Uh, I want to get back to some of these. Um, so, um, Omi says, it's funny how we have our own stereotypes. And then um, Omi says, it's all neuroplasticity. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm a believer in more talk, not less. Um, like, you know, I've been telling you, I like, I, oh, interesting. Okay. Look at this. Emery said, I once had a black person tell me I was dipped in the wrong sauce because I cook with seasoning. Oh, I'm a light skinned middle Easterner, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, 
this stuff is hard, right? And then good, well-intentioned, let me say not good, well-intentioned white people are terrified because they're terrified of saying something ignorant and being mortally embarrassed and then activate white fragility. You ever seen a fragile white person? Woo-wee. Then they get mean, 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 mean. How dare you suggest I'm racist? How dare you suggest I don't like the LGBTQIA plus? <laughs> they know all the letters. <laughs> and what we're saying is, well, we just want to let you know that when you make this sign, when your kid makes this sign at school, it doesn't right now mean okay. Oh, oh, he just was having fun. He doesn't know. Well, he was actually also wearing um, a, a, a Trump uh, T-shirt when he said it. So, uh... <laughs> Omi says, not even an embarrassment for me. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and deepen any complex someone already has. Right. I think most black people and most LGBTQ people, um, I like the A because I'm an A. I'm an advocate. So I like to go the whole letters. I like the LGBTQIA because I like to support the LGBTQIA movement. <laughs> um. Olivier said, I was asking people just yesterday, how many people would they believe aren't racist, but he used racial slurs or expressions? How many would you say aren't actually racist? They're just wrapped up in ignorance-based traditional paradigms and propaganda. Chase, I'll beat Olivier. Olivier is our homeless, our houseless philosopher. You know, Omi says, you know, when people make comments about teen moms, I get slightly hurt. I'm a teen mom. I experienced a lot of abuse, and I know how to contribute, how it contributed to it. Interesting. What? Emery says A stands for asexual or aromantic, not ally. What? Man. All right. If you say so. I'll still say it, though, because I sound fancy saying it. LGBTQIA. I got those letters, baby. So I don't want to make someone's comment going to hurt someone's feeling and make them feel that way. I, right. I think that like it needs to be in a safe environment. Like I, I don't know if I even have the answers here, right? <coughs> All I know is I have work to do. And the way I deal with my work is I say my ignorant stuff. And I try to not get defensive when people are like, dude, you shouldn't say that. I like when people include the A. Okay. Well, now I know what A is actually for. Asexual. That's better than advocate anyways. Advocate is sort of lame. Advocate. Asexual. Asexual, I think, is a growing population. My kid, 11th grade, has no interest in dating. None. Omi says, my best friend's a black transgender gay. So, oh, let me ask you that. So there, you see, I would say, I would add person at the end. My best, best friend is a black transgender gay person. What do you think, Emery, with or without the person? I don't like, for example, when people say the homeless. Um, I like to say homeless people or houseless people. Uh, Omi says, and then my safe person, I can say that ever to them and they know it's either innocent ignorance or a joke and they're fine with it so something i see happening in the in the houseless community um omi transgender is an adjective not a noun transgender is an adjective oh it should never be worded transgendered ah and include person see see there you go see these are amazing things transgender is an adjective like uh, a slippery slope like a delicious strawberry, a transgender person. Would you, is, uh, I always thought asexual was indifference towards sexual experiences. 
Well, when I met, they were a black woman that dated women. Now they're transitioning. I refer to them as she and she is cool. Yeah. And isn't that the case? I mean, a lot of people, when you get into this nuanced stuff, I think a lot of it is personal. I think it's personal, you know? Um, and that's beautiful. Like, so, oh, I was going to tell you, in the homeless community, I see white people using the N-word with the, just the A at the end. I'm not going to say it. You know what I'm talking about. They don't say it. <laughs> they don't say it with the R. They say it with the A. And I don't know if the black people like it, but they say it around black people, and I think they're trying to be... Um, I think they're trying to be supportive. I haven't gotten involved in it. I, I don't... I, I need to have a conversation with the, these people that do that. I th sort of think the black people don't like it. Okay, check this out. Emery here says, I am an asexual, autistic, disabled, transgender person. Those are all adjectives. Asexual, autistic, disabled, transgender person. Person is the noun. I am not a disabled. I am not an autistic I see what you're saying here. I'm not an asexual. I'm okay with people using the wrong pronouns. It happens, but I get a thrill out of being correctly gendered. Getting he or she makes... Getting he or his maybe makes my day. That's nice. It's all well and fine, but emotional-based politics is dangerous, says Olivier. Russia seems hell-bent to prove that a fact, too. I don't even have black friends to say it with the R. Right. Sir. Oh, oh, getting made, say, saying he or sir makes my day. So you prefer he, Emery. That's good. I, I, yeah, identify, identify as a white Appalachian bitch. <laughs> um, I definitely, I definitely identify as a middle-aged, middle-class white man. <laughs> who's trying to be better. I mean, there's nothing. I am nothing else. Nothing else. I'm loud. I'm so white. I'm so middle class. I'm so man. And I don't, I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm not embarrassed by it. Um, I think it gives me an opportunity to talk to my other middle-aged, middle-class, white male friends. Um, oh, so Emery says he or they are both great. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, Omi says, have you heard the term Afro-Lachian? I have not heard that term, Afro-Lachian. See, Afro, there's a word. Are uh, Afro-American, you would never say, right? Identify as a father to Olivia May. Oh, that is so beautiful, Olivier. I'm middle class, but I identify as lower class still. You know what? I am kind of trash. I do love the lower class. I love it. I love it. I don't really like the middle class. They're so fearful and caught up in bullshit. <laughs> I love the lower class people. They're so raw and real, typically. See? See all the racist stuff or classist stuff I'm saying? They're real and raw. All of these are stereotypes that are true to assert to some people. I'm also okay. Emery says, "I am also not a person with a disability or a person with autism, just like I'm not a person with asexuality or a person with transgenderism." That's so interesting. Ah, so Olivier says lower classes have more honest, dishonest people. <laughs> they do. That's so well said, Olivier. They're like, I will steal from you all day, every day. Um, Omi says, I still eat like shit. I refuse to leave Kenmore. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Victor. Hey, Victor. Most black people just want to be called people. I would say that's, I th is that true? 
are you a, a are you an african-american black person i i'm sorry if, yeah so i can't tell by what is that a picture of anyways um i'm gonna assume you are a, a black person uh and Omi says, to be fair, I'm only middle class by relationship. <laughs> um, I think what Victor is saying is right. <clears throat> we just are mostly people. Now, we might every once in a while put on our transgender role to, for advocate, uh, you know, advocacy. And so, um, ah, you're 68 years old. Wow, Victor, I'm so glad you were here. I am running out of time. I have to wrap this up. Um, yeah, we aren't we all? Isn't that? I'm going to stop with Victor's statement. Aren't we all just people? Don't we all just want to be have people things where we want to be safe? We want uh, people. Olivier says people are people. So why should it be right on? I mean, why, why do we have to continually have these discussions? And the reason we have to continually have them is because we haven't gotten to Victor's enlightened state of, you know what, Omi identifies as a sloth. <laughs> With nice nails and eyelashes, however, though, or tan. Um Olivier says, I'd love to know what being home is and being treated like a being genuinely. See? Jeez, OP, that's profound. Oh, wow, that's, that's a lot, yeah. You see, this is why we have to have these conversations. Because black people are not treated fairly. Homeless people are living unsheltered. Gay people are being hated. Emery says, I wear my gender every day, though. I can't leave that the threat behind because I want to be viewed as just a human. I was assaulted at work not long ago because of it. See, there you go. And to Victor, to point, Victor can't leave Victor's race at home either. Everywhere Victor walks, everybody knows. That's why black people were such great slaves, because you just spot them a mile away. Not a mile away. That's another racist. Sorry, that was so rude. It was easier to spot. Um, poor people aren't treated fairly. We have to have these conversations because the conversation isn't done. But good God, wouldn't it be great if people were just like, look, that person isn't bothering me. I'm not bothering them. Do what you want to do. Omi says, I was sexually assaulted in line at Save-A-Lot in Arlington. How about that? How about just being a woman? Just being a woman. Yeah, because I have tits. Right. The only people, I'm sorry to say, and I do have to wrap. I'm gonna, I, I don't know. I'm, gonna get, I, I'm only supposed to do an hour. The only people that get to be just a person are people that look like me. I just get to walk around. Like, can't we all just get along? Can't we all just, you know, we're just all people. I mean, Victor wants it. We all want it. But it's not here. And I'm afraid to say, I don't know that it's ever going to be here. I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely not going to see it, right? I'm definitely not going to see the day when people are just people and aren't typecast because they have tits or their skin is darker or um Olivier says baby mama knows people in the system aren't treated even remotely fairly yet she manipulated the system as she's been working for Ariana House for nearly 15 years as playing the old boy network against me. Yeah, yeah. I'm really saying I, it's not that I don't want it, I'm saying right now I can't have it. That's it. That's right. Omi says, this was just the other night. Dude grabbed me by the waist. Felt me up. Jeez, oh, Pete, that sucks. So we have to keep having these struggles. Victor is the holy grail, is the top of the mountain where 
I just want to be known as a person. I'm 68 years old. Imagine what Victor has seen. I just want to be known as a person. I can almost hear the uh, exhaustion in that. I just want to be a person. I don't want to have to be these other things. I don't want to be an, a symbol for a cause anymore. I just want to live my life. And that's where guys that look like me have to step up and have to fight for women, for LGBTQIA, for brown people, for black people, for Asian people, because I am in charge. Sorry, my people are in charge. And if I don't say it, who will? We have to do better. We can do better because I've met you guys and you're incredible. You truly, 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 truly are. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're wonderful. And I'm so thankful that I'm on planet Earth with you. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.